The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Hi, everybody. Hi, how are you? Just delightful. Oh, good. how are you doing today? I'm on this, doing, I'm doing um, fine. It's warm. It's a warmish day warm. today, but it's gloomy. Yeah. I'll tell you, when the sun was shining the other day, it was like, what is this? I, know. <laughs> I remember I walked downstairs and the sun was beaming in my on my hardwood floors and they were nice and shiny. And I was yes. like, oh, I love that look. Yes. And I'm like, what is that? It's the sun. Yes. I yeah. love it. I, I made so miserable. Of that. To Patrick, I said, wow, look at this. There's actually sun coming in the house. Mm-hmm. And the plants don't know what that is. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But anyway, we're officially finished with October. Mm-hmm. We're now into the month of November. Yeah. And hopefully... Well, it's a good it's thing a- on one part, in the sense that we could have had snow in October... And we didn't. I remember one year, I think it was 1994, the year my youngest was born. And I, it was, there was snow, like big, thick, like maybe two inches of wet snow on Halloween night. I remember I can't, I hate that. And that was it's a way long, too early. tough winter yeah. starting then. So just, you know, it's, I mean, not that it hasn't snowed since that year, but nonetheless, I remember that. So I'm like, oh my God, it's too early. So I don't want it. Mm-mm-mm. Don't like it. It can stay up in the sky. Yeah, well, that's good. But mm-hmm. I think that we heard about an El Nino uh, winter this year. Oh, really? Yeah, which means... Means the warm? Uh, warm, but a lot of precipitation, oh, which God. could, in our case, be snow. No. I don't yeah, like well, <clears throat> just saying that, you know, who knows? Everybody always likes to start with their prognostications, you know, right about now about what kind of winter it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And the only way we're going to know is when we get to spring. That's right. That's the end of will be behind us in the rear view mirror, baby. <laughs> so what's going on in your world? You had a wonderful event um, with uh, Hospice of the Sacred Heart, didn't you, last week? Um, I have one. I had one today. This morning um, was the prayer breakfast. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely beautiful. And our dear friend, um, Lynn, Dr. Linda Barace, spoke and mm-hmm. Attorney Je- Gr- uh, Greg Germain. And then we had uh, a, a, um, Jerry Notariani and Mayor Cartwright and Reverend Rebecca Barnes from St. Luke's. Uh, and then we had a gentleman, Father Dominic Obor. Uh, come and help blessing of, with the blessing of the hands, Dr. Bucci and Diane. And it was um, a beautiful morning. Miss um, Delita O'Malley, um, they have an award they give out. This is a third year called the Chairman Award. And Delita was the, was the uh, recipient this year. She was thrilled. And uh, it was a beautiful morning of reflection and uh, just prayer and a good way to start November is National Hospice Month so mm-hmm. it was a good way to start the day the the month so yeah. we're um, looking forward to all that goes on and then next month next week is the Mary Lou Quinlan uh, God box did you see I don't know if you saw the paper but oh, the weekend did yeah everywhere it's but they did a, a great job the Scranton Times <clears throat> on the weekend times they had her on the front and then a two big page article it was yeah. great but I said if I didn't know her I would want to go just because 
it's just so neat to have. It's a one-hour show, and um, just to kind of reflect on that and her mother and the way she prayed and did things with her pieces of paper in the God box. It's kind of neat. It is neat, but you know what I think every time I, I think about that that play, it just occurs to me that I'm sure many of us have memories and funny things from um, from parents who have passed. But the fact that she actually took that to a playwright in New York mm-hmm. and said, can you put this into a play? Right. And a one-woman play. Being so many different characters. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. Becoming, she yes. She, yes. Mm-hmm. And I often think of how many people probably have great, great stories who had parents that were real characters. Right. You know, real people that... that you you hate to have their memory gone gone right. from one generation, and that preserving it by having a play, you will have that forever. Eternity. And that's what she says in the in the story yesterday that Patrice Wilding did. She said it's like I get to every time I do this play, it's like she's right there because yes. you're telling her story. And then so, generations beyond it. I know too. it. It's, I know. it's a really neat That's idea. why I think it's so important. I mean, I certainly don't do things in a play form, although I could. Um, I I always will say, you know, when I say, well, that's my, as my grandmother would say, as my yes. father would say, yes. as my mother would say, any of those things, you know, you, you, it's the way of keeping what they've done in to my children or to whomever else um, alive. At, not, I mean, my mother is. But you know what I'm saying, like just her little antics or my grandmother's way or my father. It's neat to remember that. Yeah. And I I think that where I see that most often, obviously, is with siblings. Uh So when I'm with my sister or my brother, um, they will say things and in a certain way that you just know who they're talking about and how it happens Uh because they do it all the time. But I just wonder, you know. My nieces and now my great nephew, they will never have known any of those people that no. I know. So they, right, and that's why I just feel like okay, you can go and visit them, you know, somewhere if you have a tombstone, but it doesn't mean anything, you know. And even I think of my my great grandparents on my mom's side. I maybe I was seven or eight years old when they died. I don't really remember too much of them at all. And I, you know, I hear, I remember my mother talking about them and she would go on and on and on about they did this and they did that and the time when they did this and you think, okay, my mom's gone now too. So who carries on the the essence of who they are? Mm-hmm. We just, it's a flat one-dimensional moment from that point forward but yeah. this god box is just such a brilliant idea yeah I that love it, it takes it and keeps it alive forever it's mm-hmm. a great idea we should all do that like we wouldn't do it anyway but it just it's struck neat. me it as, is as it was something different uh, it's not just a play but it's something that memorializes a person and a way of being forever mm-hmm. and it's really neat so if you want tickets to see it, it's $25 a ticket. It's at the Theater at North starting at 7 p.m. on November Thursday, next Thursday, November 8th. You can call the Theater at North or you can go on the website, which is thetheateratnorth.com and uh, pick your seat 
and uh, show up and support all of the proceeds. Mary Lou graciously donates back to Hospice of the Sacred Heart. And uh, we're looking forward to this. We have great sponsors. We have Dr. Barbara Plucknet and Fidelity Bank as a sponsor for this event and WBRE. And we're very grateful to all of them for stepping up. And uh, I think it's going to be a nice night. A lot of fun. We have a good turnout so far. So um, we'll see what happens. But one thing I have to tell you about her, Lynn, I absolutely love everything about her. Her whole spirit, her whole personality, everything about her just... Mm is so enthusiastic so you can't help but feel good about it because she has that kind of personality yeah i know when i um first time i met her in new york i had um coffee with her in a uh i guess with their it's a chain i can't think of the name of it um but anyway i not starbucks Starbucks. no no it was not um uh, i think it was la quotidienne or something like that but anyway we sat in a little two-seat table, and I talked with her for probably an hour and a half, and I I lost myself in that hour and a half mm-hmm. because she's just so engaging, yeah. and she's just such a bubbly personality that it was just fun just to say hi to her and to meet her. Mm-hmm. And then, as I mentioned when she called in the other week, she turned out to be the commencement speaker for my niece's <laughs> commencement. And did I she said, go ah! to, did she go graduate from, uh, from Chestnut from Hill? From Hill too? Yes. I didn't realize that. No, okay. no, I don't know. I don't know that she I did. I wonder if she did though, because she's from the Philadelphia area. She I should have asked her that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. But All the right. weird thing was, at this, and I really wanted to go because I wanted to see her. Mm-hmm. But I was also the commencement speaker for at, your college, at my then, right? College yeah. on the same day and the same time. I and love I just, it. Ah, that was really a bummer. But anyway, um, I I asked my niece. I said, "How was?" The commencement speech because most kids you know they don't even listen they're paying that no attention whatsoever and she said to me she was really a neat lady i really liked her very much mm-hmm. so it's pretty awesome to be engaging that generation and others just by who you are it says a lot about who she is mm-hmm. she so was, i'm really looking forward to this i've never seen the god box i've heard all about it obviously you'll be there correct i will okay good. i will be there Yes, my tickets are secured. Yeah, okay. Who you? Who are you? Okay, I was going to say you're not being Patrick A. Are you? Okay. No, he's not. Meyer's coming. going though. Is he? Mm-hmm. He said he would, and he is. All right. Yep. So well, we'll see what happens with that. Maybe we can get uh, the other boy to go. Uh, he might be interested, but I don't know. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. So um, what else is going on in the world of event? planning just well you know it's just been a crazy we have there's this week this month we have that then we have friday on the 16th of november i am the president of the commission for women so we have our legislative breakfast at the scranton cultural center which is another breakfast (laughs) which starts at the normal hour of 8 30 i had to be at the i had to be at the radisson today at 7 30 in the morning i said my eyelashes aren't even awake (laughs) because i was putting on my mascara and they were going oh 
let me sleep. Let me. But um, so, I, the, yeah, that's at 830. <laughs> that tickets are available to that. We are having the, the, it's our legislative breakfast annual, and we are having our three Lackawanna County female judges on the dais, nice. as well as dedicating a dedication to um, the Children's Advocacy Center. Marianne Laporta is one of our board members, and she, her um, organization was chosen this time to be uh, dedicated uh, for at the breakfast. So that's going to be great. And it is at the Scranton Cultural Center. Tickets are $20. Um, you can call um, 963-6800 if you would like to get tickets or one of the board members such as myself or anyone else. And that's going to be nice. And then on the 17th of November, we have the Broadway Gala, the, um, regu- the annual Broadway Gala, and the, the Jane and Sam Cali Star Award is going to Josh Mast and and Paul Blackledge this year. Very nice. That's going to be a, it. Yeah, they they truly they are two of the most incredible giving progressive thinking people that we have in this town. They're wonderful. Mm-hmm. They've now owned two buildings which they've taken over and and the Colonnade one, and now they own the, the the Scranton Club building or Posh, and they are the most generous, um, thoughtful people. I absolutely love both of them, and we are delighted to um, honor them. And um, it, that's going to be good. And then the next week is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and Hospice of the Sacred Heart on Thanksgiving morning, which is a beautiful thing they do. They. We deliver, both the employees and the volunteers, come to Mansour's. They're closed, obviously, that morning. They prepare the turkeys, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the carrots, the the bread, the sweet pies. And we go in an assembly line. It's all already um, ordered and we are already put in, you know, um, to be taken. And in containers and we form a line we go around and around and fill each one and and all of our patients at home our at home patients that hospice takes care of we the volunteers and the staff go and deliver meals um, full turkey meals to all of the um, patients at Hospice of the Sacred Heart that morning. And they, it is the most special day because you just go and do it and you just feel so much better about your day. But the the patients and the families just so appreciate um, the fact that they don't have to do that and it comes right to their door. Mm -hmm. Beautifully done and homemade from Mansour's. That's great. So it's um it's a great thing and we're we're very happy. So this is just this week by then that's the 23rd and then you know it'll just fly right by. So it's it's a busy busy time. Yes ma'am. But it's all good. We're working it. So we are going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News with Webster and Nancy. And I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd, open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da! Laurie Cadden and her 20 plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at 
LaurieCadden.com. L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises, because it is who you know. Do you have a support, custody, or divorce case in Northeastern Pennsylvania? Call Barbara J. O'Hara, an attorney with 31 years of experience in divorce, custody, and support cases. You need an attorney who is experienced in family law cases, not a general practitioner. Call Barbara J. O'Hara at 570-344-7171. This may be your first divorce, but it shouldn't be your attorney's. You need experience on your side. Call Barbara J. O'Hara at 570-344-7171. At Fidelity Bank, we're here whenever and wherever you need us. As your financial partner, our goal is to provide you trusted advice and outstanding service, whether you're in line at our branches or online with your smartphone, mobile device, or computer. With convenient banking tools like our Fidelity mobile app, you can put the bank right in your pocket for safe, secure, 24-7 access anytime or anywhere. Call today, one 800 388-4380. Visit us online or stop by your local branch to Go Mobile with Fidelity Anytime Banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Plugnett, MD of Advanced Gynecology Associates in Scranton. I've had the occasion to work with many women in my 25 years as a gynecologist. And while I enjoy that experience, I also specialize in helping women to have a better quality of life before, during, and after menopause. I believe it requires a personal touch. I get to know my patients, and I personally strive to make the normal process of menopause as easy as possible beyond resorting to traditional hormone replacement therapy. If you're a woman thinking, this is only happening to me, know that you're not alone. If you have questions, concerns, need personalized attention, please come and talk with me. I'm here to help you. There's no need to suffer with menopausal symptoms. You can reach me at my office in Scranton via phone number 570-344-9997, or you can find us on the web at Dr. Barbara Plucknett, that's B-A-R-B-A-R-A-P-L-U-C-K-N-E-T-T dot com. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC which is a financial planning firm designed specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, Fear-Free Finances for Baby Boomer Women, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And we have a special guest with us this morning for a few minutes. Our name is Marianne Corey, and Marianne had a wonderful Guinness Book World. Uh, let's try that again now. Guinness, Guinness Book of World Records. Thank you. Guinness Book of World Records <laughs> event recently that was quite phenomenal. And I just wanted her to come on and talk about it because we've had Marianne on before talking about the programs that she's involved with. And this is a phenomenal update. So tell us what happened, Marianne. Well, first of all, thanks again, ladies, for having me on. Sure. Um, So on October 3rd, um, we actually spent the whole summer this past summer uh, beating the world's longest necklace. Um, It's all glass beads. It's beautiful. And we had the help of about 4,000 women and children, local and around the country, and some from around the world. 
Um, it's been an incredible journey and project. And, and October 3rd, uh, the Pocono Raceway wanted to help us uh, get some national attention for our free cancer retreat that we run called Lona Kana. And so we brought the necklace down <laughs> and on a big giant tow truck and we uh, laid it out on the track and we had officials measuring it um, along with some school children and bands and mayors and it was really fun. Uh, it was a great experience and uh, you know we are hoping just to bring some national attention to we're expanding um, our cancer retreat. Uh, again, called Lona Kana. It, we have one now for the last eight years for women. And they it's just a place where they can come and rest and recharge their battery, so to speak. And uh, it's been a huge success. Um, and the last few years, we've gotten um, many requests from our pediatric hospitals that we work in uh, around uh, on, up and down the East Coast. And... They wanted to um, see if there was a place the families could go because it's a very stressful for families, as you can well imagine, um, when kids are um, diagnosed with cancer. Oh. And so, you know, the family very it's very disconnected. And uh, my husband and I decided that we're going to continue a life of service and um, build a bigger cancer retreat so we can also have some families come. Uh, bring their siblings, parents, and grandparents so they can make some nice memories uh, with each other. And how did the necklace um, serve <laughs> that purpose? Did you raise any yeah. money? Yeah, yes, and we're we just yeah, and we're continuing to. So what we did is we wanted to do something to get some national attention so we can get some help uh, with the expansion and building the new um, uh, retreat space. So uh, I said, well, let's do something really crazy, and that's what I came up with. <laughs> That's and crazy. Husband, That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, couldn't you have built the biggest bracelet? <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, thanks for the idea. I think that's going to be next year. <laughs> Probably. Yep. So, uh, so what was what was the, the, the next smallest necklace that you built, that you overcame? What was the last uh, one? I think it was 5.7 miles, and we did 6.45 miles. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I crazy, can't believe right? that miles you're talking about, not I feet, know. miles. Me either. I know. It was over um, 1,191,920 beads. Oh, wow. Uh, all, you know what? So the most, the neatest thing about this whole project was is that so many people came together for this. Um, all, every bead was put on with love and good intention. And it was just thousands of children knew what they were doing, why they were doing it. Uh, it, it was such a blessing. I just, uh, it was amazing for me to see the, the connection and, and how it connected so many communities. We also, you know, we worked with senior citizens. We worked, um, you know, disabled, um, I, 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 children from age like four and then up to about 90. Uh, it oh, was wow. just fantastic. It was fantastic. But the reason, the main reason we did this is to raise funds. So what we had to do was first beat the world record. So now we do have the world's longest love beads, as I call them. Mm -hmm. And um, so what we're doing is we're taking pieces of them. And we made um, like 28 to 30 inch necklaces. And so for a $20 donation, uh, we have been sending them all over the country now. 
and you'll have a piece of the world's longest necklace and help others. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be fun since we do beating in the hospitals for the last 18 years. We do it as art therapy all up and down the East Coast. So it was just an appropriate um, project, I think, for us to do for our organization. So, yeah, it was lovely. Congratulations. Congrats. Yes, and congratulations, Mayor. Marianne, tell uh, us where people can reach you if they'd like to talk to you about what you're doing. Sure. So they can reach me. Um, they can go right through the Lona Kana website. It's Lona Kana, L-O-N-A-K-A-N-A dot org, O-R-G. Um, they can just email me right through there. It goes right to my personal email. They can call me um, in my office. I have a, my phone number is area code 201-914-1404. And uh, it's lovely. I mean, especially now with this giving season, um, what a great thing. We, we attach a card uh, thanking them for their donation and explaining about the love beads. And uh, we, we, we gift wrap them and send them. We've, we've sent them all over, California, Minnesota. Uh, it's, it's just great. It's a nice gift to give somebody. Um, you know, it helps others. And, and nice to have a piece of world history, and uh, especially for a good reason. Um, okay. Thanks, Marianne. Thanks for calling in. I love what's going um, on. Well, thanks, ladies. And I'll okay. send you a couple pair of love beads. Uh, All okay. right. Good to see. We hope to see you soon, Mayor. All right. Love. Okay. Bye. Sure. Keep up the good work. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, ladies. Bye-bye. Bye. So, um, let's see. What else can we talk about? A lot. Don't you have any tricks up your sleeve I do, there? Indeed. Go ahead. I do. No quizzes for me? Uh, no quizzes. I'm sorry. Damn. I don't have that for you today. But I was thinking of something that, um, you know, recently uh, talked to some clients whose parents have passed and uh, found some very interesting things when they started digging into their parents' estates. And uh, my thought was, this is a great article that was written by one of my all-time faves, Jane Bryant Quinn. And it's called Debt After Death. Okay. And she said that almost everybody dies owing at least something. Sometimes it's only last month's ordinary bills plus final medical expenses, but there can be shocking surprises for survivors. Debts unknown to the children and even to the spouse of the deceased. Heirs might discover large credit card balances, undisclosed home equity loans, or gambling debts. Creditors are entitled to payment from the money and property, otherwise known as the estate, that your loved one left behind. But what if he or she didn't leave enough to get everyone repaid? Can the creditors come after you? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. With loans secured by property, such as mortgages or home equity loans, an heir has to keep up the monthly payments or else sell the property to cover the debt. Unsecured loans, such as credit card debt and student loans, are another matter. Your liability depends very much on the nature of the bill, the type of property, and your state's laws. But here's what I can say generally. Some money is protected. At death, unsecured creditors cannot collect from life insurance payments, pay on death, bank, or brokerage accounts, <clears throat> jointly held property that passes directly to the surviving owner or retirement plans such as 401ks and IRAs that have named beneficiaries. That's really critical. 
that people understand that because a lot of people automatically just say, I don't have any beneficiaries, I'll give it to my estate. Well, if you give it to your estate, then your estate now has those assets to pay Mm -hmm. off those debts. But if you name someone in particular, um, even if it's a distant relative, they cannot come after that money. Um, So the other one is your signature matters. If you signed a joint application for a credit card, you owe the balance, even if you didn't know how high it had grown. If you were merely an authorized user, however, most states don't require you to pay. Uh, Spouses are generally not liable for any separate debts their mate incurred before the wedding or in most cases after. Rules in community property states, such as Texas and California, are different. Your community property can generally be tapped to pay a spouse's debts. But creditors can't take your separate property. In any state, you'll still owe any private debt you co-sign with the deceased, such as student loans. And that's one that a lot of people forget when they think about, you know, people having debts when they die. Um, it's unbelievable that there are still, that there was an article here too I have about baby boomers, that many of them uh, could not afford to start saving for retirement because they were still paying, paying down student, student loans. debts. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's craziness to think that that's, we always think of it as the generation behind us that has the problem with the debt. No, a lot of baby boomers yeah. signed for those I debts. Know. And it's it's really hard now because they are torn between I need money for retirement, but I also have to pay down these debts. I can talk about that in a minute. But um, anyway, the other thing is you do have to pay the doctor. Uh, Final medical bills are generally considered a spouse's responsibility. If your mate entered a hospital, the admission papers you signed probably included a payment agreement. When there's no money, however, and the survivor has very little income, health providers might write off the account. And the other, the last thing she says in, in this article is get tough. Don't be talked into making a few payments on bills you do not owe. Creditors might claim that you willingly assumed the debt. Tell them no, no, never. You know your rights. Mm-hmm. So I just want, uh, that comes back to that. Let's have those conversations with, with parents and find out, even with spouses, because a lot of people keep these separate accounts and don't know, don't even know about uh-huh. it until somebody comes knocking on your door. So anyway, that's what I wanted to say. Okay. Well, that's my story. We will take a quick break and we'll be back with ERA, our uh, guest expert from ERA One Source Realty, Leah Jenicopoulos will join us and we'll be right back. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn Show. Co-host of the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations 
conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. I'm Dr. Nicole Denova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. ERA, Exceptional Real Estate Agents. When you want to have the best of the best selling your home, you want ERA One Source Realty. With offices all over northeastern Pennsylvania, ERA One Source Realty will give you the personalized service you'd expect from a professional real estate company. They have experienced realtors that have years of experience, which gives you, the home seller, an incredible advantage. They will offer suggestions to make your house sell faster. They will tell you what others will be looking for. They know how to present your home and sell its features, giving you the greatest chance to have your house sell fast. And ERA One Source Realty offers an industry-exclusive guarantee. If ERA doesn't sell your house, ERA will buy it. Yes, if they don't sell your house, ERA will buy it. That's peace of mind. That's a guarantee worth its weight in gold. Call ERA One Source Realty today and find out how you can have your house marketed by one of the top-rated companies in Northeastern Pennsylvania. Call 877-587-SELL or on the web at ERA1.com. ERA One Source Realty, always there for you. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. We're back. My name is um, Lynn Evans, and your name is Laurie Cadden. All right. And what do you do, Laurie Cadden? I own Laurie, am the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And, and I what am, do you do? I, I am the uh, managing director. what you do, you do? Uh, well, I'm at the moment. I'm yeah. the managing director of, of a company called Women of Substance, which is a, a financial planning firm specifically for the financial needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse. And it is available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And our guest expert this morning is Leah Genacopoulos, who has a new title. She is now the Director of Business Development for ER1, ERA1. (laughs) And they have um, business in 10 different counties, six offices, and over 100 agents. Not to forget one of the most important agents is Laurie Cabin. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good plug. I tell that to Sunita all the time. Do you? Mm-hmm. Does it make I a difference? Her. I love her, yes. She you is know the what, best. Leah, I don't, as you know, I don't really, I mean, I, I'm a, I take my continuing ed, I pay for my license, I do, I have a desk. I just really do <laughs> referral work because I don't have time these days. But I absolutely will tell you that I am very proud to always be associated with ERA. Uh, at Sunita has been a true friend to me and to us, Lynn, here on this yep. station yep. and the show. And just Nisha, and I've gotten to know her whole family and the people there, and I, I just would love it. I love everything about it. I agree. 
I do. So, now, how long have you had your license? I've held my license. It'll be five years Yee. in March. Okay. So, okay. And were you there? You weren't there to begin with, right? I've always been with the oh, RA, but I was a part-time agent. I had a full-time position prior to jumping and taking the dive in in April. Oh, the dive, man, and it is. Yeah, and how do you like it? I love it. It was the best decision I've made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I'm happy, and I like the whole inside, too, the whole part, you know, the business development part, the recruiting part, you know, everything that really goes hand-in-hand hand with the whole real estate thing. Mm-hmm. So I knew yeah. that it was definitely where I wanted to be, and like we've said before, you're not getting better than our girl, Sunita. So I'm learning from the best. She mm -hmm. She really, I do. Exactly. Um, Lynn, you were going to ask, what were you going to say to Leah? Because I thought I interrupted you. You did. But that's okay. That's all right. I'll just jump right in. Go ahead. Uh, Anyway, I just wanted to ask Leah um, what, uh, and we talked about this before we actually started recording, but um, that title is something that was recently given to her, but it doesn't in any way encompass all of the tasks that she has nor some of the other people that are <laughs> it's that I would call them staff um, at ERA so besides this lovely title director of business development what else do you do well besides the real estate as yes. well I do that but I also on the side I own a tanning salon too just oh, for fun okay so that's on the fun side Okay. But the business side is um, the real estate and the business development director, and that is a lot of fun, actually. What are you doing for business development? How do you do that? Well, everything. (laughs) We're doing um, from the beginning to end of all the ads, the marketing, with having 10 counties, we have a lot of coverage. And we have Mm -hmm. a lot of ground to cover all the time. So we're always looking for new ways. And, you know, Nisha and I actually, a couple months ago when I started, just kind of took the bull by the horns on a Tuesday and started that getting real with real estate segment on our Facebook and it really Mm -hmm. took off. So, you know, that's something that we started and was our own thing at ERA and then more of the branding, more social media, a bigger footprint and, you know, just the recruiting and getting everyone on the same board, making sure our agents are always happy because it's a lot of agents, you know, you always have to make sure that everyone's always happy and okay and are their clients happy. So that's a big part of the task as well. You also mentioned to me yesterday when we were talking about your being here that there was one point you wanted to make to people about listing your home at this time of the year. So tell us why. Well, because I think everyone has that like preconceived notion that it's not going to sell. It's not going to sell. And there's really no wrong time to actually list, actually, because right now, if you think about it, there's no inventory because there's such a big percentage of people that feel it's not a good time to list their home. But there's always someone looking. There's always someone relocating. There's always someone upgrading, downsizing. You you don't know. And sometimes I think too, a lot of the agents in our office can even say they do a lot of their best business in November and December Mm -hmm. because people aren't thinking of listing their house and we're getting them. So mm-hmm. I do have to say that, you know, there's no wrong time to ever list your house. It's it's always a good time because you never know what someone's looking for ever. And you may just have that property. So that's the one you, thing. Don't you always um, think of it in terms of the, um, the holiday commitments that people have and that um, they don't want to list their house because they don't want you to show it in the middle of all this because everybody says... When you list a house, you want to make it 
lean and clean. Mm-hmm. But when you've got holiday decorations up and things like that, isn't isn't that something that you shouldn't have if you want to sell a house? Well, that really, I mean, you have to live in the house. You know, you have to make yeah. it look like you're living there. So, I mean, that shouldn't be an inconvenience. And I always say, people are going to walk in that house. They're going to envision it the way they, they want to want envision it. Anyway, it. Yeah. You okay. know, some people's decorating and, you know, we can all walk into other houses and we're going to, in our own minds, be like, well, I would put that there. Or mm-hmm. They could do this here or this should be a different color. So I don't think the holiday should ever hinder them. Sometimes going to be a nuisance if, you know, because... If you want to show your house, you always want it to be perfect and mm-hmm. staged and always ready. So sometimes could that, with the hustle and bustle of the holidays, be a huge issue? Yeah, sometimes it could. But again, if you have that buyer, you know. And I always think, see, I totally disagree with that. Like if you watch these shows, which are all so not true mm-hmm. on AC, <laughs> on H- HGTV. They're, well, they're just, they, they, sometimes with those property brothers, I want to just yeah. like go through the TV after them and say, <laughs> yes. what are you talking about? Because it's so not real and what goes on is it's all staged and crazy. But mm-hmm. when they go on about, oh, you, should sh- you shouldn't have this and get rid of pictures. And, to me, I say... I would rather know, I would rather, as Leah said before, look like it's lived in. I don't want to go into somebody's house that doesn't show their character. Now, it may not be my taste, my style, anything about it. But if you're if you're looking for the, the house and the bones, no one's going to keep what somebody else had anyway. So if you look beyond the cosmetic and what the structure is, it doesn't matter if there's 10 trees or 15 that I have in my house or whatever, but it's, it, it's it, to me, I'd love to go in, whether you smell something good or something looks homey or pretty, mm-hmm. you go in there and you think, oh, look at how nice it, I think it endears people to it. And if it isn't the endearing one who doesn't really have great decorating, taste you look beyond it because you can see the bones and say this is I remember walking into my house now it was empty so I can't use that same but I remember walking to my current home and I walked in the front door and as soon as I walked in the front door I could get a kind of an idea of what the and I remember thinking I want this house it didn't even go through everything just stood at the front door yeah even though the porch needed work and there was other stuff I still felt that way. And I think that that's what people feel just because they feel it's the bones, it's the structure, it's what they're looking for. And look beyond that aesthetic stuff. Well, then what's the value of staging? Well, staging looks good if you're if you can keep it that way, and it's it, it, there's value in it because if it's neat and clean and tidy, uh, it's easier to sell a home. Lee, I'm sure Absolutely. you would agree. If people have good taste and things are where they need to be and they're in place, staging you could have a house that's a wreck because people aren't the the most tidy, and so agent it is up to them to say you know we should pick up this or we should eliminate some of that. But if it's basic stuff where there's not, I would never tell, and I never have said don't put this don't have your family don't I don't I you're already intruding on them enough and mm-hmm. plus I think it's gotten less and less with the internet Leah do, would you agree oh yeah people definitely. look and if they don't like it they don't go to see it right yeah absolutely so I you're agree. not years ago there was I mean when I started 30 years ago I was a, a young really young kid and I remember thinking oh my god you had to look in a book an MLS book and you mm-hmm. see a little tiny picture of the outside of the house you had to take them everywhere now with the internet and the availability to go in and look and see it makes you you as an agent a little bit less uh, we're going to all these houses and they're never going to want them and it's almost a waste of everybody's time everybody the, the seller the buyer and the agent 
And now they have a little bit better understanding of what it looks like because they can see pictures. Absolutely. So much easier. Yeah. And you know, like you said, you have to keep in mind too everybody's time, but not everybody's time even. Sometimes you're getting these sellers really excited too. Hey, so that's it's like, the, that's the know, sad part. And they're the one paying. Right. So. And you're bringing them in and, you know, you're taking them to see it. So I think the internet has kind of helped wait with getting rid of the wasting time part. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, these sellers are getting so excited, especially when sometimes they're on the market a couple months and they're eager to sell. And it's like, oh, you know, we're going to see it. Well, no, they're going to see it because, you know, they really can't see what it looked like on the Internet. But now it's a different story. And I think that helps a lot as well now. Mm-hmm. So. I, I think it cuts down and people eliminate check off. So therefore, if you're looking at a picture, you want it to look as nice as it can be. But I don't I don't I mean, we all have our own way mm-hmm. of thinking about things, but I don't agree with all of that stuff. I think a house needs to look like it's a home and lives in, and you can feel yourself in it then versus something that's so perfect it, it, or, or eliminating the um, the everyday. Uh, if you're still living in it, you got to look like it's lived in. It's one thing if you're out of there and it's staged to look good yeah. and you're not yeah. living. That's another story. I just like tidy. I agree. And I always tell my clients that too, you know, sometimes I don't um, necessarily have to stage their house, but you know, sometimes I'm walking in and their kitchen island, yeah. it's no island. It's, right. it's a mess. It's and it's like the clutter <laughs> has right. to go. Who People want to see that this is an actual functional right. island and that it's in your kitchen and it is not your paper holder, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I have no problem telling my clients, you know, declutter, do this, do that. But I, I'm agreeing with you, Lori. I can't walk in a house and be like, take down your family portrait. Oh. Who could do that? Right. Yeah. yeah. I just, you know, people I don't do. think. Yeah. People don't. You know, and I get sometimes on the safety line, some people like are, you know, don't want that overbearing, like everyone looking into the right. whole family. Right. I get that. Mm-hmm. But I always say like, you can, you can live in your house. It's fine. We're, yep. we're not letting you not, yep. not live there, you know? Yeah. So. It's, um. There is nothing, there is a wonderful, uh, I should say, great feeling when you get that person and you get them to the right home and, and they are loving it as much as the people who are leaving it because mm-hmm. the love is just transferred to another family because there's so much emotion tied up, which is why so many people get have a problem doing all the things they do because they think the house is worth it, right, Leah? They Absolutely. want it because they've spent their life there or they've had significant happiness and now they're leaving. It becomes part of who they are. And yeah. I always try to say, try to try to eliminate the emotion to the house and look mm-hmm. at it from the business standpoint. Because if you can, then you're easy, it's, easier it's easier to, to market, to, to, to price it, right? right? Because the emotion is the hardest thing. Well, yeah, because, you know, sometimes telling I people know. what their house is really exactly. worth, it doesn't always go over the best, but yeah. there is that emotional value. And the other thing is, too, there's the same thing with the buyer. Once the buyer's making an offer, there's already an emotional connection, too, at that point. If they are, you know, going that far as to make the offer. Absolutely. There's an emotional connection there. And, you know, actually I have to say, I've always learned, I've learned that from Sunita. She's always said, once they're making that offer, they're emotionally connected to Mm -hmm. that house. Mm -hmm. So. And it's okay for them to have it because then they're more passionate about wanting it. The seller and they're the, 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 the seller, they're the payer. So, 
you they have to look at it strictly, I think, more from a business than mm-hmm. the emotion. You want this sold, get rid of the emotion to the extent that you can focus on the business part of it. Because that, in the end, that's what happens. And th- that old adage, I don't know, Lee, if you, five years in, if that goes to what you think, but that old adage of, you know, your best first offer is usually your best offer. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. that's how it works. Tell everyone how they can reach you, Leah, if they need to get in touch with you. You can reach me on my cell phone at 570-947-9250 or on our actual office line. We still have a landline, 570-587-9999. And then for everything ERA related, you can go to era1.com. There you go. Thank you for joining us. Thank Good you. job, Leah. Thank you. Tell your father, I said, Leah's father and I graduate high school. Go West <laughs> together. Anyway, right. all right. <laughs> Leah, have a good Thank weekend. You. Lynn, Thank have you. a good yes. weekend. Everybody else out there, have a good weekend. Enjoy. Thank you for listening and uh, be safe and please be nice. Bye. 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 Bye.